0: Hola, hola a todos mis hermanos que estén mirando, donde quiera que estén, que estén aquí con nosotros, donde estén en su casa, estén en carro, estén escuchando por teléfono, donde quiera que estén. Les quiero extender una gran bienvenida. Y es que siempre es un placer y un honor estar aquí con ustedes y que ustedes están aquí conmigo. Dios les bendiga. Hey, I just want to translate that a little bit. Uh, good morning, God bless you, that's pretty much it. Uh Joking. Hey man, welcome everybody. Good morning, everybody. God bless you. So good to be with you. So good to have you. This has been an amazing series uh, that we've been in. I don't know about you, but but I've enjoyed it. In this past, we've been through just this five-week series about what's after ATX. And it's just been amazing. And, and we've gotten... Uh, a view through a peephole, if you will, through the NDEs of Howard Storm and Dr. Mary Neal. And it's, it's just, again, it's just, it's just been amazing. It's been so exciting. It's been fun just hearing the accounts of what heaven looks like. And the questions of heaven is, has always been a topic that's always in our culture. It's always surrounded. It's the ebb and flow of it. It comes up and it's down. It's in movies. It's in conversations. And, and it's crossed our minds on several occasions, I'm sure. So these past five weeks, we've been saying, "Listen, if, if you're skeptical about heaven, we're so glad that you're here. We hope you stay because we believe that we're sharing incredible evidence that will prove and that will show that heaven is real. And if you're a Christian, if anything else, we hope that somehow with the 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 stories that you've got grown closer, and that in in, in a certain way maybe you've that's solidified and or." maybe reignited the fervor inside of you to live for that day. You know, sometimes we, we watch movies, right? And, and as movie viewers, the director will give you little excerpts or he'll, he'll give you a scene where you can actually see what's really going on with this person, what's going on in their mind and their heart or why they're doing the stuff that you do. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Right. And they have conversations in different scenes. and You're like, "Ah, oh, I know what you're really doing. I know that you're not being truthful. And it's crazy. It's wild. And so today we're going to actually kind of talk about some of that stuff and and some uh, uh, the uh, the idea of a life review. And, and in the in the stories of in the NDEs of Howard Storm. Uh, and Dr. Mary Neal, they've hinted to this. And in both of of their accounts of it, they've actually used that phrase, life review. And if you you don't remember, Howard Storm was a a college professor that had a tragic accident and, and he was rushed into the reality of his eternal existence. And he cried out to Jesus. And in that moment, he came face to face and was shown the beauty of God's city. And in the process, God showed Howard his life review. Just like Mary Neal's experience. After drowning in a canoeing accident, she found herself in the presence of God. And she too, after being shown the beauty, was, was, experienced a life review. So let's watch
1: how they described it. Howard, tell us about this life review that you had. There was a number of angels, I call them angels, who had been recording my entire life, all my life. And Jesus wanted them to play out in chronological order the scenes of my life. And the entire emphasis was on my interaction with other people, of course initially starting out with my mother and father and my sisters and then, you know, school and friends. and. So you just
2: you saw it, or you we saw it, we felt it, it,
1: we experienced it. It was really interesting because it was um, the whole emphasis was on people and not on things. Matter of fact, there were some instances where um, I had uh, won promotions, honors, awards, and they skipped them. And Jesus, I said to Jesus, uh, "You're skipping the most important thing in my life. This is what I live for to get this award: Kentucky Artist of the Year." big banquet in my honor and a big cash prize and everything and uh, he said that's not what we're here for you to see. That's not important. What I want you to see is how you treated the students. So what I learned in my life review was that um, the um, relationship with my father, I had participated in the breakdown of that relationship as much as he did. He was not a good father to me and I resented it and I was angry at him so I did everything I could subconsciously and sometimes consciously to be as rebellious and as cold-hearted towards him as possible, which only aggravated him more and made him more of a hostile father. So the things that I had seen in my life that where I was the victim and everybody else was the bad guy, I came to find out. Um, it was a two-way street. We were both playing plainest game. As my life progressed from my adolescence into my adulthood, I saw myself turning completely away from God, church, all that, and becoming um, a person who decided that life was all about um, the biggest, baddest, bear in the woods wins. And now I began to experience Jesus and the angels literal pain. What do you mean? Emotional pain with watching scenes in my life. And like, here's the nicest, kindest, most loving being I've ever met who I realize is my Lord, my Savior, even my Creator, holding me and supporting me, trying to um, give me more understanding of my life and it was figuratively, not literally, like I was like stabbing him in the heart as we're watching this stuff. And the last thing I wanted to do was to hurt him and I don't want to hurt him to this day. Jesus is a very feeling man. God is a very feeling creator.
2: What were you seeing played out?
1: I saw scenes where um, my sister was in bed crying, and I got up in the middle of the night and went in and put my arms around her and hugged her. And Jesus and the angels were so filled with joy that I had been willing to do that, to try and um, you know, help her a little Comfort bit her. in her grief. But those were rare, the, uh, the scenes of my indifference. Just seeing, seeing people as objects in order to maneuver around through or, you know, to shift to further my, my goals and my ambitions.
3: We did go through a life review, and it was nothing like I would have imagined. What, what my, was the life
1: review like?
3: My life was laid bare for all its good and bad. And one of the things we did was look at many, many, many events throughout my life that I would have otherwise called terrible or horrible or sad or bad or tragic. And instead of looking at an event in isolation or looking at how it impacted me and my little world, I had the most remarkable experience of seeing the ripple effects of the event when seen. 25, 30, 35 times removed.
0: Whoa. Some of you, like I was when I watched that, was like, wow, really? L- a little nervous? M- my life laid bare before everybody and everything, especially with Jesus right by my side? Life review, the life review in the presence of God often has the most dramatic impact on the life of a person, according to NDE researchers. And it, 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 it begs the question, why? Because it clarifies what really matters to God. As he shows them that every little action has relational reverberation. Every moment counts. Every moment matters from person to person and down through the generations. Jesus told us very clearly That to love God is our first and greatest commandment. We love him by putting him first, by surrendering, by giving our lives back to him for his purpose. And the second greatest commandment is that Jesus is to love, that Jesus calls us, excuse me, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And simply put, those are the people around us. The, the, and I believe that those people around us, they're, they're, put there for, they're put there for purpose. They're put there for opportunities for us to express and to show the love of Christ. Which means all those things that you're doing to prove yourself to the world, hear me now, it's, it's not important to God. Yeah, you have gifts and resources to steward and responsibilities. But what will matter for eternity is how and why you do what you do and how and why you did what you did. Was it to love God and others or was it to glorify yourself? And so we ask ourselves, what, what, what is this life review? It's, it's not the judgment. And and that could be a great misunderstanding that that brings some confusion to some people. And and that's okay, because there are two judgments that the Bible speaks of. Both happen after the history of the the earth is completed. And none of these judgments have happened yet. Jesus says that to all of those who are faithful, God will one day say, as recorded in Matthew 25, 21, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Words that we all long to hear. A life review is, is not that. But Jesus does speak to the uncovering of all that is hidden. In Matthew 10:26, there is nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. The Dutch author, Pim van Lamel, says this, the life review is usually experienced in the presence of the light or a being of light. During a panoramic life review, excuse me, people experience not just their every action or word, but also every thought from their past life, and they experienced the effects of their thoughts, words, and actions on other people. People could talk for hours and even days about their life review, even though their cardiac arrest lasted only a couple of minutes. So you see, regardless of culture or religious upbringing, a life review appears consistent around the globe with people who have, who have had near death experiences. Steve Miller, who studied non-Western and non-Christian NDEs, said this, in my own Northwestern sample, I saw no significant, no significant difference in life reviews compared to Western life reviews. See, d- Different people may describe it in different ways as my, a movie where I saw my whole life flash before me or played out before me. Another is a panoramic review of my life. I, another may say, well, it was like a PowerPoint of my entire life. But all were shocked to experience a living three-dimensional observation, not only of their whole lives, but also of their secret thoughts. And motives. Those these experiences align with what Scripture predicts will happen in First Corinthians 4 5. Judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of the heart. At that time each will receive their praise from God. See, Jesus promised that it's, it's not the things that people see that matter. It's the, it's the unseen things, the things done to please God that will ultimately be rewarded. Look at Matthew 6, starting in, in verse 1. It says, Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. Give your give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray in public on street corners in the synagogues where everybody can see them. Pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. So by, by the world standards, None of us will, will ever, not, well, not many of us, maybe some of you will ever be rich or, or famous or, or, or be powerful. We won't have uh, very much influence because we don't have that check next to our Twitter handle <laughs> or have a millions of people following us on social media. But truth tells me that the world's glory will pass away completely in death. Every action, every deed done for selfish reasons will vanish and will never be seen, to never be counted like a snap of Thanos' fingers. It will all amount to nothing. It's a vivid picture if you know what I'm talking about. But that's not all truth tells me. Because truth truth tells me that every single one of us, every single one of us has purpose. And in Christ, we have an opportunity to impact the world through eternity. And truth be told, it's not very different when you look across the landscape of what Christ has called us to do. And we can succeed in what God has called us to do in Christ. Truth tells us that he looks not on the exterior. He looks not on fame or fortune or following He looks beyond that to what matters most, the heart and the motives of men and women. Proverbs 16, 2 tells us people may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Again, and in Jeremiah 17, 10, he tells us that God is the one who searches out the hearts of men. And so the, the message is really clear. And really simple. Live now for what really matters. Live now for what really matters. Jesus said, it's the little unseen things that last. We see that as Howard Storms recalled a moment during his life review where his sister was up late night, up one night late crying crying. And and all he simply did was go over and put his arm around her to comfort her. And that simple act done just filled Jesus with joy. The simplest act of compassion done with no ulterior motive brought a joy to Christ. So if you can, step into this for a moment. Imagine a day when you see the positive and negative ripple effects of everything you've done. You're watching your life review, everything laid bare down to the motives behind everything that you did. On the screen like no other, like a 3D CGE movie brought to life in infinity K with Jesus right beside you, standing in his presence. I mean, even now there, there's a variety of emotions that come over me and I can just imagine the, the variety of emotions that you're feeling that's going through your heart and your mind right now. Joy and excitement, but also some despair and some fear, some condemnation and regret. Listen, listen, it, it can be heavy having these conversations about heaven and the reality of, of, of what we're going to face And what's going to be happening? I just just want to pause here for a moment because the devil wants nothing more than to keep you bound and isolated, focused on the feelings that keeps you restricted and exonerated. But listen, we got to remember feelings, they follow. Jesus, he is the truth. And he comes to give us life and life more abundant and he has come to set you free. And so that in him we can walk in freedom. We can walk in truth. We can walk in an abundant joy because he has given it to us because it is in him and we are in him. Come on, church, say amen, somebody. You know, we have to understand that that when the Holy Spirit Begins to reveal those things and those 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 emotions kind of kind of part the, the, their way and they just kind of fade into and then we we're left with some reality of some decisions that we made and some actions that we've committed. And the Holy Spirit brings those things to life. It is not. For condemnation. Come on, I want to say that again, that when when the Holy Spirit come, begins to bring some of those things to light, it's not to condemn you. It's, it's not to hold something over your head, because the Bible tells me in Romans 8, 1, that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. But listen, I believe that when the Holy Spirit brings those things to light, it's to alleviate your load, brother, sister. You don't have to carry those things any longer. My burden is easy and my yoke is light, declares the Lord. Take on the easy burden and the light yoke today, right now, in Jesus' name. It is to lighten your load. The Holy Spirit wants to take those things because he is more than capable. So you can operate in power and in might in the name of Jesus. You can be the person that God made you and created you to be. I don't don't want to paint this picture to lead you to thinking that it's all pigtails and and pony rides. Listen, that's not that's not true. We're going to face trouble, the Bible says. Because it's just about the same breath. If if we recall Howard's story that he he began to talk about how that what was brought to light was some manipulation that he had done over the, the people that were placed under him. And his contributions to the dysfunction between himself and his father. Those motives, he said, that, that he began to feel. And that almost, you know, I, I, can, I, can, I can sense like he, it filled the room. It was almost like literally he was stabbing Christ in his heart repeatedly. That's how he explained the pain that he was feeling just watching that, what he had done. Matthew 12, 35 through 37 says, but I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted. and By your words, you will be condemned. The truth of the matter is, we won't be able to hide from what we said and what we've done. But with those who've experienced the life review, Have also realized that in God's, they also realized that God's love and compassion for us is not based on what we've done. It's not based on actions and deeds, whether good or bad. It's unconditional. Come on, somebody say amen to that. It's unconditional. And as the body of Christ, we are saved by grace through faith. Salvation is the free gift that we receive when we come under the cross. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and the work that you complete in us. Amen. Amen. You know, earlier we spoke of the, the possible confusion between a near-death experience and the, the, the judgments. And, and this, this is true. This is true that, that, that it, the, the Bible speaks of two judgments. That they, at the end of time, that the first will determine whether we've accepted or rejected God's free gift of love, forgiveness, adoption, and salvation purchased through Christ. And the second judgment is to reward us So the the first judgment is called the the great white throne judgment is described in Revelations 20. And this is the separation of sheep and goat, if you will, where the question is, did you receive the free gift that Christ gives, gives of salvation? Ephesians 2, 10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the things He has planned for us long ago. God wants us to have confidence that we will never be cast out of His presence. That we are safe and secure in Christ. Listen, I want you to hear this. God wants us to live free from fear of judgment and condemnation. That's why He wants us to know what He did through Jesus. It doesn't mean our good and bad deeds don't matter. The effect, they affect, excuse me, they affect our experience of eternity. At some point after earth's history concludes, another judgment happens, which is called the Bama scene. This is the second judgment, and it's for the children of God. 2 Corinthians five ten says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So that word judgment there in the Greek is the word bema and which refers to like a judge's seat or like in the Olympics, the judges stand where after one competes, he goes to receive the crown in which or, or the medal in which he is gained. It's a judgment of rewards. You know, God loves to reward our faithfulness. And that's exactly what will happen at the bema seat. You know, although, although we don't earn God's love or acceptance into heaven, that, that's a gift that we receive freely or we reject. But all of our deeds do determine our experience in heaven. So the Bema seat is like, like a huge Oscar celebration, for all the children across all of humanity, of humanity and the history of the world. And you thought the red carpet was a big deal? Just wait for this. This is a celebration like you've never seen, and it will be the greatest experience of your life. Jesus said in Matthew sixteen twenty seven, for the Son of Man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward each person according to what they have done. So not only should we imagine that day, but intentionally live for the things that God rewards. It's hard to fathom, fathom entering into God's city, into a beautiful city that the pinnacle of, of our existence, where eternal life finally begins, we have read. We've read John's description of heaven in Revelations twenty-one, as he explains his visions of something otherworldly. Is what he uses, like our world, but beyond our world. Let's listen to how a TWA pilot, a surgeon, and a pastor all describe the same city.
2: So, in in your book, you describe flying into—is it the New Jerusalem? What is it? Uh, uh, and uh, and describe the beauty and what you saw.
4: I get this incredible uh, airborne view—a descending, slowing down airborne view of the city of gold. And it's city; it's a city that's walled. O- over the city were majestic mountains that were as gorgeous as any of that could be ever seen. However, they did not look that different than Earth. I wasn't disappointed by that. I'm not saying that. I noticed snow. So think about that. Snow. What does that mean? Atmosphere? Temperature? Snow? What's that all about? I noticed flying birds later. What does that mean? Uh, These are the kind of questions I ask. Yeah. Okay, if a bird is to fly, it can't be a vacuum. I'm hearing music. What does that mean? Music can't transfer in a vacuum. It has to be in an atmosphere. There's atmosphere here in heaven. Oh, what does that mean? That and mean- you're
2: flying, but you don't have wings.
4: Right. I'm floating, is what I would call it. I'm floating and coming in, descending. And finally, I come down and touch ground level for a while, and I'm hovering between 40 feet ish and down. And, uh, but I, I recognize later oh, there was gravity there. There is gravity, there is atmosphere, there's water, there are animals. Inside the city, I I could see... uh, We'll start from foreground to back, if you like. Uh, I could see the townships, as I called them, homes that people lived in, homes that were likely to be created for the people of heaven. Interestingly enough, they struck me by not so much the size as the architecture. I know nothing about architecture Mm. at all. I still don't. But uh, I recognize that there was something divine about the architecture of the buildings. There were small, what we would call like uh, condos here. There were single family residences that we would call here. There were huge palaces and I could see that, but and this like, is
2: all inside the wall? On the other around? side of the
4: wall, I saw none of this. And how big is this city? I mean, can you tell? I could not tell, other than it was beyond the horizon, both directions. There's countryside inside, so there, it's a, it's gorgeous, beautiful, all of the adjectives, times a thousand.
2: So coming up to this dome structure, maybe, was it a city? Could you tell? Was there something inside? Was there an entrance into it?
3: There was an entrance. It was a big arched entrance and a wide threshold.
2: What did that look like, that entrance?
3: Well, similarly, it was almost like the old Roman block arches, but again, these blocks were uh, seemingly solid looking, but not. They were really woven together with love, which is nonsensical. Uh, but but that's, you were aware
2: of a structure. Yes, an arch. it
3: seemed structural to me.
2: And was there, and you know, the gate of heaven or? A it gate? wasn't.
3: Well, I don't. There wasn't a gate. When it was gate. just an archway. Yeah. And I would say again that if I had any inclination that I was coming back, I would have tried to make more mental notes, because many of the questions are the same questions that I ask myself now. And I will say that I was able to see many, again, people, angels, spirits, I'm not sure, very busy. And I don't know what they were doing. Inside the Inside, they were all very busy. I don't know what they were doing, but they were doing something and clearly doing God's work.
5: Well, the gate is quite large. Um, uh, The the, the gate itself, the entrance is small. and the wall is very thick but you can actually see through it so I'm looking over these people and I can see through it and there there appears to be a, this massive boulevard that really kind of bisects the city and it is made of gold but gold that is so pure you can see through it it's, it's, What do you mean? Well you can actually see through the gold it's gold and it's visible and tangible but it is it is pure. Now we can't imagine that here because gold on earth is one of the densest metals we have. But in heaven it's so pure you can see through it. So you can see under it. You can see even the roots of trees and things like that. There are trees there. In fact, the tree of life is there mm-hmm. uh, that we were not able to eat of here. We can eat of it there. And you can, you are looking through I'm looking at the trees. I'm entrance. looking at the gates. I'm looking through the gates. I'm looking down the street. There is a river that flows from this, This throne or this hill that's high and lifted up. And I know that's the river of life because we're told that it flows from the throne of God. So uh, many of the things that we know and enjoy and love here uh, are visible there as well. Um, I would say this. and and, um, Heaven's never going to be less than this. It's always going to be more. So whatever you imagine here that is is meaningful to you to, to you the relationships the beauty and let 's face it there 's some glorious places yeah. on earth, but there should be because God created it. this is his place, so heaven' not going to be less than that it 's going to be more than that. There are structures on both sides of the of the city uh, they look like uh, mansions to me I mean they're glorious places for people to dwell um, so it 's just a it's just an incredibly awesome, overwhelming, bustling place. It's not a boring place. There aren't any cherubs sitting around on clouds playing harps. This is an active, exciting, thrilling place. And at this magnificent gate, a very large uh, wall, a very thick wall. And, uh, but it could, there's a gate and it looks like the inside of an oyster. It's a, it's a gate made of pearl. Uh, really quite dazzling. Very br- brilliant, very beautiful it almost looks like it's pulsating with life except i i know it's the light reflecting off the gate that make it, makes it look that way the
4: arch and the tunnel was the same substance it was not stone but it was in the stone but what
2: was the substance
4: it, the substance was pearl it it looked like liquefied pearl and when the light from the thro- throne room that's the only light that there is emanated through, it just bounces off the pearl. There's no shadows, and there's no darkness at all, and there's no need for n- uh, unnatural or artificial light. And mm-hmm. It is, it is uh, a sight to behold and welcomed me to go through it, but I, I couldn't go through it at that time.
0: This is a place of overwhelming joy, community, love, and life. We will work, have projects, have houses and property. Some will govern cities or nations. Some will tend to animals. Speaking to my wife, yes, love, pets will be there, which is a conversation, some dialogue that we have had for many, many years between my wife and I. We will explore nature's wonders. There will be culture and dance and music, music like we have never heard or known before. Jesus said it will be life abundant. To share in God's glory and to be in his presence will be the greatest reward of all. So how you live now does matter. Doesn't determine your right relatedness to God. That's based on a decision of faith. That's a free gift that you accept from the Son of God. And in that, He adopts you as His child. He he freely paid for it on the cross. But we have to be mindful, brothers and sisters. We have to be mindful as believers that we don't treat our salvation as insurance policies. I heard this one time, that we don't treat Jesus like a fire extinguisher and and use him only when we need him. Come on, church. Living like hell, being unjust, unloving, self-centered, judgmental, and thinking it, it won't matter. How we live will determine how our eternal experience in heaven will be. Jesus said this, what you do here will be rewarded there. And I want all of us to be truly successful people in the life to come. So let's choose this day together to be people who live a life that lasts, who live a life intentionally, the kingdom of God you know as we, as we close this series and maybe this is the first time you've heard this and, and you feel the, the Holy Spirit pulling at your heart Yeah, I just want to lead you in a short prayer maybe you, you, you feel you've been here before maybe this is the first time in a long time and I want, to, I want to lead you in a prayer as well as we close this series of the reality and the truth of heaven Would you pray with me? Father, we just come before you. We thank you. We glorify your name. And in this moment, God, I give you all that I am. I give you myself completely. Would you help me, Lord, to live for you the best way I can? I I recognize, I believe, I declare that you are the Son of God. And through you, I enter into eternal life. I receive that free gift right now, whether it's the first time, For the first time in a long time, restore the relationship with you, Lord, by the power of the name of Jesus. Father God, right now, I just pray for your church. I pray, Father God, that we would live a life for for the kingdom, Lord, that we would live with with our kingdom, with a kingdom mindset, God, that that it would overshadow, it would dictate, it would guide everything that we do, Lord, that 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 would be the purpose and the reason of why we do what we do, and that we would love through you, that we would love the way you love, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Padre, te alabamos, te glorificamos, te damos gracias por tu gran amor, por tu misericordia, Señor, por tu gracia, Señor, por tu perdón. Te damos gracias, Jesucristo, porque derramaste su sangre en aquella cruz, y por esa sangre somos salvos, somos redimidos, somos santificados, Señor, y sin eso no podemos, sin eso no queremos, Señor. Entonces, guíanos, guárdanos, ayúdanos, Señor. Gracias por tu gran poder. Gracias por tu gran maravilla, Señor. Te entregamos todo quien somos. En tu nombre oremos, Señor. En el nombre de Jesucristo. Amén, amén, amén. God bless you. I hope you've enjoyed this series as much as I have. Always know that you can go back and watch them as many times as you can. I pray that you would have a blessed day and wherever you're at, that you would live for the kingdom. We leave you with a blessing. that The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.